Yo, Billy, you know what's awesome? What's that, man? Special guest, yo! Oh, yeah! Yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> rock, man, rock. So, it's um, being here. <laughs> yeah, trying something a little bit new today. We are doing a audio and video. We're going to see how it works with uh, having a conversation across the country. Um, I'll export <laughs> this fun stuff and I'll send it over to Ricky and he'll do his magic and make us all look pretty. Wait, wait, wait like, a minute. We didn't agree on that. <laughs> Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt talking. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but um, but yeah. So we got a, got a special special guest. So uh, Ryan, you want to introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do. Uh, well, I usually guest on a podcast. Usually more part of the Bay of Blood podcast. Um, live in West Virginia. Been living here for quite a while. Not originally from here. Yeah. Born in Tennessee. I was about to uh, say, I thought we thought we were homeboys. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Chattanooga. I was born in Chattanooga, but right. I've I've lived, I've lived all over. I've lived in Missouri, Florida. So, but yeah, I'm really nobody, man. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I, I love movies. I love horror, and I try to guess where I can, you know. But yeah. So yeah, if anybody spends any time on our Facebook page, you probably see Ryan post things nonstop. So, you know, we thought, hey, he's on a show. We're on a show. Let's do a show together. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> well this show continues our Christmas you know, we turned everything orange and black pretty solid for for Halloween and then kinda it took us a minute to kinda you know, get over that little bit of a hangover through through November, and then come December, we just turn in everything white Christmas. Everything is as Griswoldian as we can. If you notice, I'm wearing the elf costume here. And uh, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> yeah, I kind of so, got the comfort on, but not really. <laughs> so now is the time when you're fixing to have a little bit more time to yourself to sit, kick back, relax, and maybe take in a Christmas movie or two. So um, we've got a lot to choose from, lots to talk about. And yeah. unlike our other shows, this is not horror. So, I mean, we can, we can go that way, but we don't have to. So, um, so we'll just start off with the, with the guest, pour yourself a drink, and what's one of your go-to, got to watch it during the holidays, uh, Christmas movies? Yeah, um, I mean, I got quite a bit. I'm usually like the, uh, you know, unconventional, you know, movies, Christmas movie type. Like, I mean, the staples are always going to be there. Christmas Vacation, obviously. Christmas Story, Home Alone. But I thought I'd bring, you know, quite a few new ones to the table, you know. I mean, you can't go without mentioning Die Hard, you know. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. And like I say, I, I figure I'd try and bring something new to the table with this. Well, like, let's talk about Die Hard because that is a controversial one that people like to argue about. 
And I think it's more the fun of discussing it rather than actually arguing about it. Right. Because the, you know, like I said, I was telling you on the phone the other day, if you really want to get, if you really want to quibble, it was a summer blockbuster. It was released in July. So that wasn't exactly their intent. However, just like with many things, it wasn't necessarily their intent, but it turned into what it is. And now, I mean, it's set at Christmas. It happens during a Christmas party. So there's no real reason why you wouldn't, except for people like to get crappy about it. And (laughs) I count it as one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Christmas in July, if you really want to look at it, you know. Right. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, it's – there. I just, I don't know. I can't stand like people that make that argument so much anymore because it, it there's Christmas all throughout it. And Johnny, the guest that was actually going to be here tonight with us, uh, I had to bring something up that kind of unique and like brilliant that he said that I never really thought about. He's like, well, he does crawl through the, uh, the vents, you know, Santa chimney. So <laughs> Yeah, there's that but i mean there's christmas all throughout it man you know well i saw that one not too long ago that's like no he's creeping around a tower hiding from alan rickman it's a harry potter movie (laughs) yeah yeah, i saw that too (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean when when you're killing a guy named hans gruber i mean you you got to kind of lean towards christmassy right Mm -hmm. Yeah, because technically it does take place on Christmas Eve, you know. Yeah. And then I think by about the time the movie ends, it's like it's Christmas. But <laughs> Christmas music, there's he puts Santa hats on the, dead the villains. You know, ho, 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 now I've got a machine gun. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's, it's a classic, man. You know, I had to rewatch it today before the show, and uh, – it just, it still holds up super well, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, I heard you guys on your Rambo show. I listened to that. Great show, by the way. But, um, oh, and I also wanted to mention, it's not Christmas, but Rambo 5, both of you guys need to see. It's really good. Is it? I actually yeah. liked, liked it better than the fourth one. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I forget where I was going with that. But um, First Blood's technically a Christmas movie, too. He's he's shooting out Christmas lights. At the, at the, yeah. <laughs> and so is Lethal Weapon, and so is Batman Returns. I mean, so there you, you can, go. There you, so go. You, can go, you can go down the list. Well, the thing is, Batman Returns is one of those that I always, like, I feel like watching it at Christmas because Tim Burton, even, even in, like, Edward Scissorhands and stuff, Tim Burton has this real majestic grasp of the concept of the holidays where the holiday itself is almost a character in the movie, like the backdrops and the, you know, stuff like that. So Batman Returns is never one that's been, but Batman Returns, another summer blockbuster, but Batman Returns has never been out of, uh, like, and I watch that every Christmas season if I can, that or Edward Scissorhands. I mean, they're really different kinds of movies, but they have the same feeling. So uh, yeah, they kind of lean, lean towards, towards that, uh, that type of seasonal thing. So definitely right well i mean you know you you look at almost every christmas list you know uh and it always mentions edward scissorhands and i kind of tried to like look at it a little bit deeper and i'm like 
Christmas, you know, and, the, and we'll get into it more, but that, it's just an interesting topic and debate because you look at Edward Scissorhands and Christmas isn't very prevalent throughout it, but yet it always gets put on that list. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I mean, it's really the I way I look at it. It's still that fact, though, of, of people just like that argument about it because there is enough Christmas stuff in there to say that it's a Christmas movie, even though it has nothing to do with the Christmas spirit. <laughs> <laughs> right, but exactly. neither does a Christmas story, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. It's it's really an all, all in how you look at it. I mean, it it's situational. It's subjective. It's you know, you can look at it however you want. It it can be genre bending. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's it's all in how you look at it. But does it represent the holiday? You know, because yeah. the, way, the way I try and view it, lots of times is take the original Black Christmas. Okay, if mm -hmm. if that can be a famous Christmas horror film, then then you know what I mean. Like, look at what happens to Griswold in Christmas Vacation. Yeah. You know, he gets put in this situation. To me, it's all situational. Like, if, if that can be considered a Christmas film, but but horror, then why can't, like, let's say Batman Returns or anything else? Well, well, but at the same time, it's in the title, Black Christmas. That kind of tilts it one way or the other, right? right? So that's that's the difference. Yeah. Die, it's I mean, look at Bad Santa, right? Or not Bad Santa. What's the what's the new Fat Man, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to consider this a Christmas movie, but is it or is it not? We don't know yet, right? I haven't seen yeah, it yet. I mean, I, I have. I don't. I, I haven't heard much. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the Mel Gibson's in it, and people get pissed off that he's employed. Yeah, all you got to do is say his name, right. and they're, they're already pissed. So, <laughs> <laughs> which brings us to Lethal Weapon. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, I mean, even take that. You know, yeah. I mean, in Die Hard, Christmas is more, way more prevalent than in Lethal Weapon, but yet Lethal Weapon gets put on that list every single time. Sure, and it's because Die Hard does. So it's that thing where I don't know. We can do a, whole, do a whole show about that, I guess. I don't know. Well, <laughs> and we're going I, think, to. I think what happens is, and we've talked about music. Ricky and I talk about music a lot. And my dad will point out, when my dad was, when I was a kid, my dad, when, when he was in college and just out of college, he was a DJ. And he was a top 40 DJ. And his record collection was so diverse, it was insane. Because he'd have everything from, like, you know, the Archies to like Jimi Hendrix and then all of the Motown stuff and then like disco. And it was just all mixed up. And I'd be like, dude, what is the deal? He's like, but, well, first of all, he got most of them for free because they were promos, but he's like, that's just how the radio worked. You know, yeah. band had a hit. It wasn't compared to other songs. Pretty much there was country, there was standards, which was like the stuff from the forties. And then there was rock and roll and rock and roll was, a huge bucket. It's a big it net. Yeah. But it didn't really start getting, but movies were completely different. Movies had studios and studios specialized. 
So like you had studios like Universal that specialized in horror movies and you had those other ones that specialized in Christmas movies and you get a scene of that in the back back behind the scenes in Pee-wee's Big Adventure whenever they're riding through the, the studio <laughs> lots and they're busting in on Christmas movies and busting in on Godzilla movies and they're just filming like in the beach right. movie too. They're I just changing my list. In that I same just changed my list. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, that's my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that was a Christmas movie, to be honest, but there you go. <laughs> but well, hey, it's, right you know, there with my, it's right up there with the Christmas movie that started it all, Devil and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen it. Never seen it. That's, that's whenever you're over at your friend's house and he's like, I got a movie and it's Christmas time. And then you're like, memories. <laughs> I found this VHS. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, this got nothing to do with Christmas, but it actually kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my buddy, Chris, um, I won't I won't say his last name, but you guys know who he is if you follow me and see us interact or whatever. But his dad, when we were in high school, had a, had a condo and it, his dad would be like, hey, I'm going out of town for the weekend. Uh, there's a case of beer in the fridge. Come over and stay at the house and, you know, keep an eye on things. So what were a bunch of teenagers to do but go drink beer and like watch movies and prank call people and cut up and yeah well his dad had this a lot of like he had a vhs collection but they're all pre-recorded vhs's oh, oh, yeah. hang around throw in demolition man we're watching stallone and snipes you know and <laughs> watch the movie movie ends credits are rolling <laughs> somebody hops up and is ordering a pizza and all of a sudden the credits stop and it's <laughs> he, he, he had it hidden in the, <laughs> at the, at the back end of the movie so his wife wouldn't find out right and wow. we're just like oh chris like <laughs> get another one and fast forward it <laughs> let's see how much stuff you're <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just like you're saying about music, though, I mean, much in the same way that music can be like cross boundaries and genres and whatever, I think movies can do the same exact thing. Sure. You know, so, but I mean, how, how do you guys want to do it? You want, like, we just want to go around and, like, say our lists or say, pick some of, pick some of them off our lists? Name and movie. Whether you like them or not, and I mean, it's Christmas, <laughs> Christmas movies, so we're just kind of spitballing here. Cool. Well, uh, jingle all the way, man. Jingle all the way is a good one. There you go. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it's fun, man. I I saw it when I was a kid. I know I'm, you know, quite a few uh, years younger than you guys, but it's it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie, and you go back to it. That that's that was kind of my point earlier. What I was trying to say is that, uh, much like you, I think it was in the Rambo show that you were saying, Billy, about how, you know, some movies you put in and it's like, eh, don't really hold up too well, you know, and you just kind of want to keep the memory of it. That couldn't be more true. But other times it's like, you know, you pop them in and and you're like, you're surprised and shocked at how well they actually still hold up. Yeah. But uh. There's a lot of them on this list like that, though, I think. Some, eh, not so much, but <laughs> but it's so true, though. 
So how old were you when you saw Jingle All the Way, would, would you say? You said you saw it when you were a kid. Was that, you know? Um, I don't even know. I'd, I'd probably say, if I had to guess, early teens, maybe even earlier. Because I think it came out like mid-90s or something like that. But it's fun. Totally. Yeah. For me, one that – and we can't do a, a you know – Probably won't be able to run down a, a, a top 10 because it's just so much to talk right. about. But, you know, we went and saw the Gremlins in the theater. Oh, yeah. And I was eight. And oh, wow. you know, like, you talk about those movies that hold up, you know, because we did, you know, we did the Jim Henson episode talking about how, like, whenever you have a puppet that's real in, in the room and you're actually interacting with it, even if it, you know, the Gremlins were scary, don't get me wrong, but it can be it can be a goofy little puppet, but the actors are actually looking at something. And then you get Steven Spielberg involved and you turn those gooey little Gremlins and then you have the Mogwai that are just like super cute, so they're polar opposites. Dude, I, Scott and I on, on Scary Dad have talked so many times about like who got away with saying like, we're going to market this to children because you know right as, a, as an adult it's not as scary but as an adult i can also see that its implications are scarier like if you're a pretty if you if you've got a wild imagination as a child and you see what that really meant like they're sneaking into people's houses and chewing up their wiring and messing up their cars <laughs> and you know like killing their dogs <laughs> like all kinds of stuff yeah. killing uh, old like, ladies on a stair lift <laughs> yeah kicks, kicks mrs deagle out the window i mean and, and that was marketed straight up as a children's movie there was happy meal toys in, the, in mcdonald's and as a christmas movie and it was just i mean it's brilliant brilliantly executed perfect film love it like one of my top ever movies ever really but oh my god, there's some twisted people that wrote that marketing plan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, very, that's very true when you look at it. I mean, I, I can't imagine, you know, being a kid and seeing that in 84, I think it was. But uh, yeah, it's it's a classic, man. And so true what you're saying, though. But it's it's really intriguing when you look at it because take that and, I mean, I don't know the reaction kids had back in the day like you said you were pretty much terrified for the most part of it but how, how marketing goes because you take like that batman returns and we all know the story behind that you know like they have like a deal with mcdonald's and all this and that and completely got screwed on the the whole deal because they thought it was too dark mm -hmm. and it's like well, the first one was pretty dark. I mean, where were you for that one? And then we saw where, where it went. So I don't know. It's a funny thing, you know. It really is. Well, it's it's a it's a guaranteed blockbuster. So you know your franchises are going to jump on it. But you, <laughs> Tim Burton. I guess you didn't know what you're going to get. Spielberg's kind of a, a a wonderful thing too because even look at Jurassic Park, right? I mean, so that's catered towards whatever age group but come mm -hmm. on man some of that stuff was terrifying but you still yeah. sold the toys you know so <laughs> that's that blockbuster thing right 
So you can get away with it when you're Steven Spielberg. Well, yeah, you know, Joe much. Dante. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Grim Glimmerings is, is just a classic, man. So much fun. So I'm going to go with, you kind of hit on it while I go right with, uh, not necessarily Home Alone, but I absolutely love Home Alone 2. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. The, uh, when, he's, when he's chunking see, those bricks, <laughs> I die laughing every time, man. That and Tim Curry, we love you. You know, oh, all that yeah. stuff. I just love it, man. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it got that. It, it is a fun movie too, but it's like you, you even look back at that and it's like about that time and even into the nineties, say with like Homeward Bound, I don't know, a, bu- a bunch of sequels. It, it got that sequel treatment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like the same exact formula, but we're lost. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A, a little bit different, but pretty much the same movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I, I can I, just I think- rewind. I can just rewind him tossing those bricks, those man, and I just every time that guy's going, kills me. See, you you mentioned the sequel treatment though, and I think that that's one of those things that we celebrate so much here, and even even on my other show, is that you know sort of the magic got lost because if you look at some of the stuff, it's like some of the franchises, and not just for Christmas, but just for many film franchises. Um, we didn't need new ground broken every time. It's like you had a you had a charismatic cast, you had a good partnership, you had a good you know theme. If it if it did well, we're gonna go see it again. Like I don't need to know Jason Voorhees's like aunt's backstory. Like I don't I don't need that kind of new ground broken. It's just like, hey man, got people killing them in the woods. <laughs> Grab a new bunch and. Just turn them loose yeah. again, you know. Same thing right. with like Lethal Weapon. You know that first movie was dark. It was a very dark movie. It was awesome and very dark. But then they figured that the chemistry between the two main characters was what was you know, and it was the the kind of cracking of the jokes. It was the camaraderie. It was kind of the 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 levity that pulled that movie completely up. You know, it elevated the movie that would have just been another buddy cop film. You know. Mm. Rated, rated R, hard-boiled buddy cop film. But those two guys elevated it to kind of a, a, a bit of a dark comedy. And so then whenever they just went to part two, just elevate that dark comedy part and then just turn them loose again. Still violent yeah. all hell, right? right? Lethal Weapon 2 has a much higher body count than part one. But it's yeah. just the lights are turned on a little bit more. And, you know, they get, a, they get, they get to cut up a little bit more. So I think that's one of the things that they used to do back in the 80s and 90s, you know, mostly through the 80s and then partially into the 90s, where if they had a good formula, they just respun it and we loved it. And a lot of times we'll watch, you know, we'd be more familiar with the sequels because those were the ones that they, that HBO and Cinemax and stuff could get for cheap to put on rotation. Right. So like things like Jaws 2 or like the weapon two or Terminator, well, not Terminator two. That's the one that kind of ended that whole thing where they needed to really right. get better. <laughs> as, as it went yeah. on. But, um, but yeah, so like call me shallow, but I don't necessarily need new, new ground broken. Just 
put them in a different scene and throw bricks. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and we're very guilty of that now because we always try to give more explanation to things that we really don't need and it kind of kills the magic, right? So Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I've got a real problem with that, man. And hello, I mean, all three of us sitting out here are big Star Wars fans and Oh, yeah. We've, We've over-explained things to a point to where it's like, I, I early on in Hail Me, I used to do this thing called, uh, well, it was basically where I would just go on a rant. It was just called Why. <laughs> and every one of them was focused right at George Lucas. It's like, you're raping my childhood, Lucas, because you're <laughs> changing everything you said that was canon before. Right. But anyways, you know. So, yeah, you, you over-explain and you catch yourself in a loop and, it loses its magic, man. And that's the reason you end up with four or five sequels. And by the end of it, you're like, yeah. Well, and that's why that, you know, there's articles all over the place saying that the last two Mandalorian episodes are better than the last five films. And I, I totally agree because I, I really, really do feel like, and we'll, we'll talk about Mandalorian on another episode. But I don't <laughs> want to get into it. Yeah, Star but, Wars is a whole separate show, but for right? The last, so, so since Return of the Jedi in 1983, producers, directors, writers have been trying to figure out what's the formula, what made these things so great. It's got to be this, it's got to be that. It's got no. We liked lightsabers and blasters, hitting stormtroopers and ships blowing up. There yep. was a great story and a lot of character in it, but we didn't need science and we didn't need convoluted family trees and politics and spice and all kinds of weird stuff like that to be like put them put a bunch of stormtroopers on that side of a bunch of blasters and cut loose <laughs> and we're happy i mean because they got robert rodriguez for that last episode <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah that dude's a list and they're like okay <laughs> we're gonna get you to just blast the hell out of some stormtroopers and he's like i'm on board let's go <laughs> you know like so we don't need as much backstory as I think sometimes they think we, we, yeah. we do. Yeah, for sure. It, it all goes back to the to the holiday special, man. <laughs> we can't go without mentioning the holiday special. <laughs> for sure. So my boss at work, I, I showed him a clip of it on YouTube. I was like, uh, I said, you a big Star Wars fan? He's like, oh, yeah. I said, you ever seen this? And I just showed him a few clips. He's like, no, what is that? I said. Over the weekend, check it out. You'll either thank me or want to punch me when you get back. <laughs> he came. He came in. And he's like, man, that's the weirdest thing I think I've ever seen. I said, that's why I wanted you to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you even look at that one. It's like, yeah, it's called the holiday special, but it, uh oh, uh oh. Are we have to pick? Good? Yeah, we have to pick back up. I guess. All right. It's still recording, so I guess we're going to have to take a break. Move over, Bacon. There's something leaner. Tasty sizzling. Whoa, sis, what's the matter with my bacon? Here's what's the matter. F-A-T, fat. Sizzling's 50% leaner than bacon. It's all real meat without all the fat. Mmm, delicious. Move over, Bacon. There's something leaner. So why sizzle fat? Sizzling. From Swift. And look for Sizzling now. It's a better value than ever. But hurry, it's flying out of the store. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? 
Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who were about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you can have a major disaster on your hands. Directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you on Janice. Oh, yeah, I was just saying about the good old holiday special. I mean, you even look at that, and, and it, it's supposed to be about Life Day, and it says the holiday special, but it's like that doesn't even take place to the almost the very end of the movie. <laughs> a time for love and peace. A time for it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, one long, one big long acid trip. They should have just called it the acid special. <laughs> the acid special. <laughs> so we've talked about what is a, whether or not like Batman is a Christmas movie. Is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Both. <laughs> I think you can flip the coin on that one. And it goes, yeah, it goes. It goes you, you split it down the middle. It's a Thanksgiving movie, right? You just watch yeah, it right yeah. there in the middle. Hey, I mean, when Jack goes up to the trees, to be fair, look look at all the designs on the trees. There's a turkey. There's a mm -hmm. Christmas tree. You can watch it any time of the year, man. It's such such a great movie. I love how he steals the bunny. Like the the kids, they steal the bunny. Oh <laughs> the bunny, yeah, Easter bunnies like looking around. <laughs> it's like you need to apologize to him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what what else can you say about that movie that hasn't already been said? But going back to Home Alone, right quick, uh, or Home Alone Two. One of my favorite scenes in that is when uh, I think they're at the fish market, and he keep, keeps saying, it "Smells like fish." No, no, it's freedom. It smells like fish. It smells like freedom. <laughs> so great. The sticky bandits, man. The sticky bandits. Speaking of Home Alone One, it's funny because you know different perspectives. We're, you know, speaking of Home Alone, period. But we were talking about Part Two. But like, I don't think there is a kid. Well. A, a, a male kid that ever didn't think that they might have to defend their home, you know, 
if he had a red rider, like it's in the Christmas story too. He's like he wants his red rider BB gun in case he has to <laughs> defend his home against you know bandits and stuff. And so you know you got Kevin in there like beefing up and like securing his house, you know, securing his fortress and what a you know John Hughes was always really good with like living the fantasy, you know. But what what kind of wish fulfillment is that to be like okay you've got these crooks that are bad guys they're seriously bad guys they're not good guys but they're just they're just bumbling enough that you can take them out with you know these little Great homemade <laughs> uh you know the kind of forts that you're going to draw with crayons right it's like you have right <laughs> but then in the end of the day he would have killed those guys like any one of those traps would have hurt those guys really bad oh yeah <laughs> you know? yeah yeah so, <laughs> the well, one that always gets themselves. me but the, the one that always gets me the worst is the uh the ornaments when he steps on the ornaments oh yeah that kind of glass that glass that kind of glass is the worst kind of glass to get stuck in your foot or your like yeah. to get a splinter with yeah because it's so brittle that once you do actually start to work it loose it breaks off it breaks off <laughs> so bad <laughs> <laughs> I think the the one thing that always cracks me up is, I mean, obviously Joe Pesci, but Daniel Stern, man. Yeah. You know, the the tarantula on the face, the the screaming, the paint cans. Daniel Stern just sells it, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's really what I liked about part two because he's the one that gets the bricks to the face. He's the one that gets electrocuted and becomes a skeleton with his hair, you know. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that scene is the probably my favorite scene in, the, in that whole movie is that <laughs> it's great it's great yeah it's hilarious man i can't <laughs> cracks you up every time yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah man yeah. go ahead oh okay i i mean i was just uh you know gonna say um like i feel like i'm reading from a script here i just took notes um but <laughs> oh just just to bring up like you know for the audience members and whoever else you know that um uh going back to our argument about christmas movies and what they can and can't be because you could look at it however you want but basically i mean not every christmas movie is all about like sappy morals uh traditional values religious symbolism santa even um, it can be set at Christmas time, but doesn't necessarily have to revolve around it. And what I love most is it can be like, like the perfect backdrop, like a way to unite the characters and their audiences, you know, and perfect for still keeping in that mood. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. going back to going back to Die Hard or, or Batman Returns, you know. It, it can be a way to it can be that like that perfect backdrop to like sell you or to to reel you in so yeah i mean that's basically what i had to say but um do you guys agree oh yeah i, I mean it's it's still open to interpretation right i mean and plus it's the no, impact it's of, <laughs> you know, when, when you see them right the impact of when you see them what time of life what kind of influence they are all those things tie into what makes these movies special to you, regardless of if they're totally seasonal or not. 
right there's there's like one that always gets just completely pilloried whenever it's mentioned but like when i was a kid we'd go to see movies we'd go down to my grandparents house and we'd go to see movies and you know one of the ones that we went and saw was santa claus the movie which was oh yeah you know it's just i mean that right there is a huge marketing grab i mean that was a big cola you know advertisement but still there's like a nice place in my heart for that that you know it's just um i don't think it deserved as bad a reviews as it got i mean it was it was a bit commercialized and i understand that but let's let's be real we were going to see it on christmas my grandparents and parents had already bought all the toys so it wasn't like they were going to go buy more (laughs) (laughs) so uh but you know and plus john lithgow is just amazing so uh, (laughs) if it's got him in it it's probably worth watching you know yeah yeah I agree. See, it, it, it's been forever since I've seen that one, but like Jingle All the Way, that's another one I used to watch all the time. And again, like going back to the sequel treatment or however you want to put it, I, I don't remember much about the sequels to those, but the first one, and I didn't even know the first one uh, didn't do that well in theaters. But uh, Well, you're talking about I, the I, Tim I, Allen one. Yeah. You're talking about the Santa Claus, Tim Allen. I'm no, talking about Santa Claus the movie. It came out in like yeah. 1985 or 86. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, something like that. Wow, I didn't even know, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the Santa Claus is like my wife really likes it, but she's a lot younger than me. I never really cared for it. I mean, it was okay, it was cute, but it wasn't like, oh, this is the thing. Um, I like Kurt Russell better as Santa Claus myself. Dude, he's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Kurt Russell's (laughs) awesome as everybody, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Which I haven't even yeah. seen those, but like like that meme. They're good. I'm sure you guys saw. It's like you look at that meme and you're like, huge missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Snake Plissken and Christmas, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing the thing about the the Christmas Chronicles that makes it so good is that well, first of all, Kurt Russell is such a good actor that he can just take whatever material he's given and just make it his own. So you don't really see Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. But once he puts on the suit, he really, I mean, he just transforms. And yeah. it's, it's awesome because, again, you, you, sometimes you look and you're like, could this role be played by somebody else? And you're like, I don't think so. Because he's just <laughs> got that, that kind of, that, that charisma, that sort of worldliness of, you know, like you can see that he's a few hundred years old and magical and just has to take care of business. And all this other stuff's going on around him and he's just kind of like yeah stuff happens you know he gets caught and put in jail and he's just like eh, <laughs> we'll have a concert you know <laughs> like it's just it's just cool he's just cool the whole way through and it's it's uh it's really neat so it's fun yeah. it's a fun movie if you get a chance yeah yeah, yeah I, was, I, I was i was i was really surprised with with uh actually liking it so yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, it's got Kurt Russell on it, so I'm sold. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, as only Kurt Russell can sell it. It's got like, I'd in it at the very end, too. So. <laughs> oh, right. nice. Yeah, I'd watch, I'd watch Kurt in anything. <laughs> yeah, I have to go with uh, our family favorite here, though, and you brought up earlier, the National Lampoons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just 
it, it, it's, it's a staple of not only our house, but even when I go to my dad's house, that's what's on while we're there. I mean, they put it on repeat. So, you know, we went to the theater and saw it last year, you know, cause they started showing it again around the theater. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, Becky and I went and seen that in 88 in the theater. Of course I was a whopping 18 years old and <laughs> we were just 89? rolling, man. Was it 89? 89? Yeah, I think it was 89, but yeah, same thing. So I was 19. Yeah, yeah. The thing about the the vacation movies with with Chevy Chase is they're funny when you're a kid. They are so relatable when you grow up. Oh, yeah. Because he's trying trying so hard to, like, recreate these Christmas memories from when he was a kid. And the the vacation memories and – yeah. He is he is working overtime to make this picturesque yeah. moment that his family appreciates the fact that he does, but they don't really care. They certainly don't care as much as he does. And it's funny yeah. because that's me, because like my kids are little, we do Halloween huge, we do Christmas huge. Um, but I'll sit there and worry over lights or I'll worry over placement or I'll worry over like not anxiety, but I'll, I'll sit there and mess with it until it works. Mm. And my wife's like, dude, nobody's going to see that. It's behind the hedge. I'm like, no, it must work. Probably like it has to work. It's got to be right. Because otherwise, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's just bedlam, you know, screws fall out and the world falls apart, you know? So yeah. uh, it, it's, it's that, it's kind of like what we talked about last episode. It's, it's, it's that Christmas spirit, right? Because it's that inner child you're trying to share that inner child experience with the ones around you that you want them to feel the same way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but you're exactly right though. With the whole thing about Christmas vacation is the family coming in, you're getting kicked out of your bedroom and sleeping on the floor because your grandparents are going to be sleeping in your room. You're like, I don't know if my grandmother would want to sleep in a room full of kiss posters, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) But that's the things that happen, right? And yeah, it's totally relatable. It's it's taken to the nth degree because that's what those movies are for. But there's a lot of truth to it too, man. Well, dude, the, the lights. The, buying okay. stuff for people that you really don't want to buy anything for and then ends up being an incredible gift and you're like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the, the Christmas lights. So we haven't oh, yeah. talked, we haven't, we haven't oh, yeah. talked lately in the last... But dude, so I'm, <laughs> I don't do Christmas as big as I do Halloween, but I still go pretty, pretty hard. So I have these multiple rolls of these LED C9 size lights, you know, the big ones. And I've had them for a few years and they're starting to dim out, but I thought maybe I could squeeze one more year out of them. So I go put them up and turn them on and the sun goes down and it sucks. So I'm like, well, time to retire these lights and buy new lights. Well, in the front of my house has a big gable like this, and then the side has another one. So it's not as easy as just walking around stringing them. Like, I've got to get a ladder and the stick and the whole the whole thing. So I'm like, okay, go to the store, like, measure out. Like, <laughs> I, need, I need this many lights, you know, like, whatever. So I go buy the big old roll of lights. I plug it in. It comes on. So I'm like, it's on a spool. So I, like, hang this one and roll it out foot by foot get up 
over the gables and down. I get to the end, and it looks like the machine that spun the cave, the wires just had a hiccup, like, right at the end of the spool because it comes off, and there's, like, three bulbs hanging off, and they look like balls, and they're all, like, <laughs> this close together. <laughs> and then there's, like, another 10 feet of perfectly spaced lights, and I'm just, like, <laughs> go back, uncoil it, go to the store, return the thing, buy another one, uncoil it all this time to make sure that there's no dangles hiding in the middle. <laughs> and the lights this year were just like, my wife's like, dude, are you hanging those lights again? I'm like, <laughs> so somewhere out there, I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking to Clark W. Griswold. Cause poor dude. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just so many great me and my, me and the wife actually just watched that too, but there's so many great moments in it. But <clears throat> that moment with the lights that you're talking about always reminds me of when I was growing up, my dad, you know, and he would get out there and do everything he could and put in like the dedication and the commitment every year to try and make the family happy. And you'd see him up on a roof. I mean, he was exactly like that. Like he was, it came across as like a uh, Scrooge or Grinch even. Yeah. But I mean, he, he was the exact same way. He's like, why do I got to be out here every damn year doing this crap, you know, and almost to that level, it, just like th there used to be this old spiral light tree that he, he'd hang up in the yard, but you'd have to like extend it to get it to hang. And yeah, needless to say, it was all a pain in the butt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so many relatable moments in that movie. Yeah. And like that, that's the greatest argument that I always try and use with that movie is that Christmas doesn't always have to be about sunshine and, and daisies and flowers. You know what I mean? Like a ray of sunshine, because we all know that's not the truth. It, it, I've had crappy Christmases. Everybody has. It can be about anything. It can Where's be about. Where's the Tylenol? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just Dude, I, 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 I cracked so so hard uh, up at that moment. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The, the, I mean, talk about relatable moments when he 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 blows up like that. You know, he just goes on that speech. I, I wish I knew it word for word, but then he's like, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs> he, like, basically, like, pops a blood vessel because he's sitting there talking, and then he, like, calms down, like, real quick, and he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just to show how ingrained it is, so last night we were eating dinner, and Becky said something to me, and I misunderstood what she said. And, I, and uh, she said something about somebody's face. I said, what? She said, that's so so face. I was like, oh, I thought you said Grace. She said, Grace died 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just right nice. there, right? Oh, yeah. God bless <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. <laughs> well, I mean, even when the, the cat blows yeah. up. Yeah. I crack I crack up at that every time. It's like so hilarious. And then meanwhile, you got Eddie outside, like emptying the the, the crap. Well, I just think it's funny how like they're like all the lights. They finally like 
everything finally starts to go right. And then there's Randy Quaid, like, walks up behind him. He's just like. It's a beauty, Clark. Sure is a beauty. Like, like every, finally, he has his one shining moment. But that's, dude, like I said, I had to do everything twice this year. So we've in, in that front gable that we have, we've got these little uh, brace things. And I was like, hey, I'm going to run some green lights down and make a little Christmas tree, you know? Yeah. So, it, it turned out good. It looked really nice, but I was like, okay, it needs a topper. So I ran down to Walmart. They've got this little plastic white star, right? So I crawl up there with my ladder, but it's just out of reach. It's like this far out of reach for me to reach <laughs> the top of the gable. So I have to get on the roof to, to hang this star. My wife is just like Beverly D'Angelo standing there just being like, do we really need, like, is this... <laughs> you know I'm like nope she's like well what she said was it's starting to get dark everything's wet <laughs> you know and you have to climb use the fence to climb on the roof is this really what you need to do right now and I'm like yes I do so I climb up on the roof and take take up my drill my screw and crawl up to the edge of the gable and she's standing there watching making sure I'm not gonna fall and I get my screw and it's got the washer on there so I can hang the star onto the thing right and I bzz, like stick it in there to, perfect crawl down off the roof, come down, crawl up with the star, went up there. I, I left like a millimeter, not enough clearance so the star wouldn't hang. <laughs> and I couldn't like bend it because it was too high up. So I had to carry the star, climb up back up on the roof, <laughs> like, <laughs> here, like hang out. <laughs> and she's just standing there like with her hands on her hip, just <laughs> watching me. Yeah. And you've already down. said all the things, right? She's like, he's on the roof. In the dark, in the rain, playing with electricity. Yep. <laughs> and I come down, and I'm just kind of, you know, like, I'm in a good mood. It wasn't like it was a problem. I was just like, Ugh. I come down, and I kind of, like, walking through, and I start, I'm just like, the things you do for love. And she's like, she's like, nope, that's all you, man. <laughs> you love doing this. <laughs> it's your project. It's like thanks, babe. Appreciate it. Ah, oh, man. I mean, it's fun. We're all laughing. There's no, there's oh, no yeah. happiness about it. But she is definitely just like, are you gonna be okay up there, Clark? Well, we could do a whole podcast on that whole movie, but man, oh yeah. I mean, Ricky could tell you, but so many great little moments in that movie. Like, obviously Chevy Chase, but without Randy right. Quaid, like yeah. he's got so many. I, yeah. What does he say to him? I forget word for word, but when the chair burns up because of the cat and he takes it out, sides put on the curb and he asks him about it. He's like, how much, how much for that chair? <laughs> 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 or, or when uh, Clark, Clark goes up and, uh, or he gets stuck up in the attic and he's listening oh, to yeah. Ray Charles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you the, know, the, the sled scene, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you can go on and on, man. I mean, yeah. The the light bulbs and Eddie getting the dog food and slanted on top of the, the light bulbs in the store. I mean, it just, it doesn't yeah, end, when man. He, yeah, when they're in the store and he just, that, that's classic. He just piles everything up. That's you a real nice this? surprise. Real nice surprise. And he pulls out a list. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you go ahead and get yourself something nice. Real nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's there's a ton of these movies, right? I mean, 
Uh, you can go back even to the classics. My my mom was always a big fan of uh, uh, was it Silver Bells? Mm-hmm. There's uh, Silver Bells. There's Holiday Inn. There's you know, it's like it's funny because a couple of years ago, whenever they were talking about the uh, "baby, it's cold outside" controversy, right? Like, oh, oh we God. can't have that, dude. Have you ever actually seen what that's from? Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're in Florida. That yeah. is not a Christmas movie. They're, <laughs> they're in Florida, and like I can't remember exactly what the thing is, but it's like a husband and a wife, and they're like reminiscing about being at home. Or it's a boyfriend and girlfriend, but I think it's a husband and wife. And she's like, oh, I really can't stay. And he's like, but it's cold outside. It's sun shining, and there's people at the beach behind <laughs> the, the glass doors behind them. Like, they're reminiscing about being teenagers or being, you know, dating, like, 10 years ago or whatever, singing this song to each other. And it somehow became a Christmas song, like a Christmas carol, but it's not from a Christmas movie at all. Right. Just like context people context yeah. <laughs> i mean that in itself is a whole topic you know by itself for a whole show but it's just <laughs> ridiculous man i mean between that and well we all know what's going on in the world today but like how people's just getting so offended at like you know it's like the the most minute little things it's like y'all need to go back and watch blazing we, we saddles keep, and then yeah, I mean, <laughs> we could. There's no way we'd be able to get with movie, get away with movies like that nowadays. But people just keep getting so offended over the smallest things. Well, it, if you're lo if you're looking for it, you're gonna find it. That's the thing, and and it's 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 not about you hear something that just offends you. It's the fact you're you're already looking for it. You almost mm -hmm. want to be offended so you can stomp your foot and say me me me. You know <laughs> exactly. That's a that's a whole I mean, different show too, but. <laughs> that's yeah, like when I my mean, kids that's when my kids are mad and you're like can't make them happy because you're like oh well you want some ice cream they're like we don't have chocolate you're like you <laughs> love eat. chocolate but i want <laughs> vanilla it's like i'm not gonna make this happy um we're rounding up on the hour here um i'm dude probably not probably but elf muppet elf well, we no, yeah. I mean we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna count down to the end here, but but I can't, <laughs> we can't get out of here without talking about Elf. Oh yeah, because that's another one of those kind of like Christmas Vacation. You know, that there was a flurry of Christmas related movies that came out in those kind of early aughts and whatever, but Elf has like Bad yeah. Santa and stuff like that, right? But Elf yeah. has had a second life in, you know. But then if you watch the movie and you see that it does bleed green and red, you know, yeah. silver and gold, it is very friendly to Christmas and the whole concept of it. Um, and it's not cynical. That's what I think that's what makes sets it apart is because it is full of magic and wonder and it's fun for children and it's silly. Right. But then that's mm -hmm. Favreau. Like right. Favreau, Favreau Right. has his finger on the pulse of what people like you know it's kind of like they made all of these different superhero movies for decades before they gave it to favreau and he took he, one of the most unlikable characters and put him as a centerpiece of a yeah. massive franchise and i'm sure at some point somebody was like are you sure you know what you're doing and he's like just 
just work with me here. Yeah, now he's tell, like he's basically pulled Star Wars out of the the hellscape that it's been in for the last long time. But then yeah. you go back and you watch a little movie like Elf, and you see that who would have thunk it? I mean, right. it's, it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. So that's one of that's always one that we watch here at home because it's it's too much fun. There's always yeah. there's always it's a wonderful life, and and another favorite. I like the Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> That's awesome too. <laughs> That's good. You like what you like, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, man. I, I, and uh, Devil and Mrs. Jones Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I I can't go without mentioning some too. But uh, Elf Elf is good. You know, I I'm not the biggest Will Ferrell fan. Um, and it's not like I hate on the movie. It's it's enjoyable, uh, but it's one that's like grown on me more and more over time. It's like one of the wife's favorites. But yeah. there's something on Netflix <clears throat> called The Movies That Made Us, mm-hmm. and it's re- it's really good. But there's they just came out with a new one called uh, I think Christmas Movies That Made Us, and they cover Elf and Nightmare Before Christmas. And it, you watch, yeah, you watch the one on Elf, and it's everything. Uh, about the writers and producers and how they uh, got around to making it and the story behind it. And it's really, actually really interesting, but uh, it, it's still a good movie. It's it's just never been one of my absolute favorites, but um, it, it grows on you, you know? It's one for me that I don't necessarily go and pull it off the shelf to watch it, but if it's on, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, and I've got small children, so yeah. they're like, we want to watch Buddy. And oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you throw it on, and it is full of those same things, like those those little one-liners and those jokes, those little parts and pieces yep. that, you know, yep. the whole film stands alone, but then you can watch 10 minutes and, you know, crack a joke and, you know, have yep. a laugh or whatever. So it's – and, again, it was it was slated – slotted along a whole bunch of forgettable stuff, and it's still standing strong and still kind of growing. So – yeah. Um, you know, zeitgeist matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always forget that Favreau was the one that did it, but um, I think it was like the, the writer of it, just like a, a little uh, interest, just like a little backstory to it. Like the writer, he had had like a rough life and he, he didn't have his dad in the picture. So you can very much see all that come through in the movie. So it, it's it's a little a little movie that's got a lot of heart to it, you know for yeah. sure. Yeah, but, Will uh, Ferrell's Will Ferrell's kind of hit and miss. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the same yeah. way. There's some there's some stuff I like, and there's a lot that I don't. <laughs> when he was on Saturday Night Live, I was like, why is this dude on here? And when he started making <laughs> movies, I was like, see, that's where he's better at. Like he's better. He's, <laughs> like he can take material and he can work with it and make it cool. But yeah, there's, there's some stuff that I just think is hilarious, and there's some stuff I'm like, yeah, that's not funny at all. Right. I like him. <laughs> I like him. In, I like him in bit parts, like in uh, Eastbound and Down, the character he played there when he was the car dealership owner. That uh, that was great, you know. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm hit and miss with him. Yeah, I mean, same here. They're not really Christmas movies, but I think two of my favorites that he's in that's like hilarious is obviously Step Brothers, and then oh, yeah. uh, I think. The Nice Guys with Mark Wahlberg. That movie's hilarious, good. man. Yeah. yeah. 
for sure. The funniest thing, have you seen that show uh, Comedians in Cars with Coffee? Yeah. Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. Jerry yeah. Seinfeld had Seth Rogen on and they were talking about, you know, different stuff. And <laughs> Seth Rogen said that they were at some award show where Prince won an award and they thought he was there. And it said later on, like weeks later, talking to Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell said that he had a moment. Like he knew that Prince wasn't there and he called and they're like, instead of saying accepting the award or like they had the, the announcement music kept playing, waiting for Prince to come across the stage. And Will Ferrell said that he had this moment where he was going to go up on stage and accept the award as Prince, just like <laughs> take the award, say thanks, give a speech. And he said that is his biggest regret his entire career was that he didn't hop up <laughs> and do that. Yeah. And at, the end, at the end of the episode, they they show a they they show a clip from that scene and they like announce prince one and you see will ferrell he's like got this look on his face he's he's like sizing up the room he's like looking at the stage and he's like <laughs> looking around at the cameras and he's like looking at the stage you can just see he's just like ah oh, didn't take the shot <laughs> it's great yeah though. it's so awesome i mean he's he's a funny guy like i say it's just He's not like with Ricky. I mean, he's just never been one of my favorites or like that was a good lead into uh, Jim Carrey, you know, yeah. the Grint, one of my favorites. And I got to watch every year. I don't care if it's Christmas or not. It could be Halloween. It could be July. It could be whatever. And I just, I love that movie because I have such a fond memory of seeing it in theaters uh, with my parents. This was like in 2000. So I was right. 11 or 12 but i loved it so much it just puts you in that perfect mood jim carrey i mean i think it's one of his best roles he he sells it to a t but i also remember uh leaving that theater and this is like i don't know around the same time that dvds weren't quite you know that big just yet like they were just on the horizon so I left the theaters and I remember thinking like, I cannot wait till this movie comes out, you know, on VHS, like home video so I can own it. And I'm sure you guys can tell me more, uh, but it, it seemed like forever in a day until that came out on home video. And it was probably even worse back in the eighties and nineties, I imagine. And they were much more expensive. Like you look at prices say with like the first child's play oh yeah and when it, when it first released on home video it was literally like i don't know 80 90 bucks for like one vhs mm -hmm. but it, it just took forever and finally when it did with the grinch i'm like finally <laughs> and, and <laughs> i bet i bet with the grinch too when it came out it was probably real close to christmas time too because that was probably the marketing behind selling a lot of the copies was making it you know that seasonal thing so that's probably why it did take so long and they yeah, were probably holding it back yeah. yeah it took it used to take about a year because you'd have a movie yeah, every bit of it for its original run because before like and i'm talking like early to mid 80s but even even moving on you'd have the theatrical run and then it would go to the dollar movie for and then if it was a popular movie and then it would stay in the dollar movies for a while and then it would drop off and then it would come back, you know, as VHS, like start 
start advertising to be, a, you know, coming this summer from Warner Home Video. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. like, it would it would be a while because you're like, I've got a VHS collection right here, and I'll pop it in there, and it's funny to see the commercials for stuff because it'll be like two hits and a dud, like two two movies. You're like, oh yeah, and then one that you've never even heard of before. Right. <laughs> um, but it's got like big name actors in it. It'll be like like Meryl Streep and Marlon Brando in the crap fest. And you're like, coming this summer from Warner Home Video. And you're like, huh, I've never heard yeah. of this before. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> and when that happens. If there was a movie with Marlon Brando called Crap Fest, I probably would have gone to see it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's got Brando in it, so I'd check it out. No, just... uh, usually it's those movies that are those kind of titles, and they also have like, you know, Christopher Lambert and Tia Carrera in it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like random people. You yeah. watch your, your, a, your A-lister trying to buy out his own contract and then like a whole right. bunch of C&D listers. <laughs> Starring Clint Eastwood and Selena Gomez. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys sound like big collectors too. Like, I don't know. Uh, I have a ton of VHS. Um, I, I just always love movies, man. You know, and I have about a million and one VHS, but I also love, obviously, Blu-ray and DVD. Like, my collection is so massive between movies alone. Like, I'm not some purist. Like, you know, some people out there, you know, you listen to some podcasts, and it's like they only watch VHS. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not like that. Like, I, you, you know what I mean? But nowadays, we're so kind of saturated really which i can't complain too much because i'd rather wait like a month or two or whatever until a movie comes out versus a year you know yeah. what i mean now now we have like about a million and one uh editions and versions of the grinch on blu-ray dvd you name it but back then it was like you know you remember that feeling as a kid and it was like when is this going to come out on home video vhs right and finally when it did you got your allowance or however you got your money from mowing lawns and you went and bought it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to tell you how slow things were in 1980 on HBO is when they started showing Jaws. <laughs> what? I mean, so it, yeah, you didn't see Jaws on anything till about then. I don't know if it's a, you know, it's, it's early days HBO, but, Still, the fact of you couldn't just go watch a movie that's been out for five, six years till you had a format to actually get it. So, right. I mean, back then, for I mean, you know, for you guys and and the older generation, it was like, okay, uh, the uh, TV guidebook. <laughs> you know, you had to look up in the TV guidebook for when it was going to be on. I can't imagine that. <laughs> Well, if you didn't if you didn't see the holiday special when it came out, you didn't. the chances of seeing it again were, you know. Well, uh, well, yeah. I mean, especially that because that 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 was like aired once, didn't it, on Thanksgiving? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I mean, that's what I'm saying. We had so many of those back then, and and we've only got glimpses of a lot of it, and. You know, that's that's what's different about especially my age group because that's the way it was. I mean, when VHS came out and you actually buy copies of movies <laughs> it was was such a 
asinine idea. I mean, it was just like, how, how is that even possible? And now it's just like you were saying, it's almost instant access. Now we got, we got a situation now to where the movies ain't even going to come out in the theaters. <laughs> you just go ahead and watch right. them in your house first. So I, I know, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really is like the, the progression or deprogression, however you want to view it of yeah. like media, physical media, streaming sites. It, it, it's crazy to where it's gotten. But like yeah. I say, I mean, I, I think overall it's a good thing because I mean, yeah, it, I mean, you can, you have so many more options as a consumer. You're like, Hey, let's, but sometimes you do have that analysis paralysis or, you know, it's like, why buy this one? Because in six months, they're just going to have a, you know, 12, 12 more seconds of something or other, or a different director's commentary or right. you know, whatever. So, I mean, you do get so like, and I've never really been one big for the commentaries and stuff like that. I mean, every now and then, but not like. That's <laughs> how you end up with these, right? I mean, right. I've got, you got what, six, seven of these laying around the house now? <laughs> <laughs> well, if. If I was in the other room, I'd show, I'd turn it around and show you guys. It's ridiculous to where it's gotten. But going back to like, I'm not really a purist in that sense. Like, you know what you're saying about different cuts, you name it. I'm usually a sucker for that. I'll, I'll admit it. Oh yeah. Like with the, we all the are. screen. Yeah. I mean, the Screen Factory and Arrow and Criterion editions. On one hand, it's like, it's phenomenal and amazing, and I love it because you're finally giving these films the proper treatment that they deserve. And we get posters and all sorts of goodies with them. But on the other hand, it's like, who wants to go back the, to the days of old? I mean, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Where all you had, I mean, how could anybody afford $80, $90 on <laughs> one VHS? Right. You know what I mean? With that...